With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is Coogan Cassis for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. We're at the IBA uh, Boxing Night here in Abu Dhabi. I'm delighted to be joined by world champion Lawrence Akoli. Why are you still laughing at that? Yeah, nice. No, it's, it's, it's always good to hear. Always good to hear. You know, lifelong dreams accomplished. But yeah, good stuff. First of all, uh, yeah, like I said, we're in Abu Dhabi here. What are you doing here? Uh, right now, it's the fight night for the uh, IBA um, championships. Um, yesterday, there was um, talks where they were asking us, you know, to transition from amateur to pro, um, how we found it, stuff that we think could make it easier for future Olympians or future um, amateurs making the transition over. I think their aim is to um, bridge the gap between amateur and pro so fighters can do both. So yes, um, it's a good good, good thing that they're trying to do. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, obviously yesterday was kind of a seminar and round table day where there were different things going on in this very hotel where we learnt a little bit more about their plans uh, for what the IBA want to do. Um, obviously part of that is the pro series that they're kicking off with tonight so yeah it's interesting to see any, anyone that's coming into boxing to try and make it better especially at the amateur level as well as the pro level we're all for it surely yeah no 100 percent. and um, i've been hearing some of the uh the prize money that the amateurs are getting uh i might have said amateur if, uh, if, if it was it might have been no mcdonald's though yeah oh, true true but it's um it's all good man I like, I like it absolutely um uh, i haven't spoke to you for quite some time now but I know you did a bit of sparring with uh, Jake Paul not too long ago um, first of all how was that? I think um, uh, for me personally anyway anytime it comes to like YouTube boxing of course it's, um, it's I don't see him as a YouTube boxer especially after um, spending the time I spent with him while he was out here in Dubai or in Abu Dhabi now but um, because I can see how hard he works obviously I'm a world champion um, He's, uh, you know, a novice building himself up. But just hearing his ambitions, um, seeing him work, it, it shows that he really means it. So I've got to give him, my, um, give him his props. Since he kind of come onto the scene, he was always being trained by BJ Flores, who was obviously an established professional and has been in some high-profile fights himself, exactly. So 
I mean, I've spoke to BJ before, and he he said, you know, this kid can actually fight. This yeah. was like before, I think, after his first fight, or or whatever. But even the time where Breedis was like calling out Jake Paul and getting these tattoos done on him, etc., etc. Has your opinion about Jake Paul now? You've kind of spent time with him, and also been in the ring with him in a sparring capacity. Has that altered? Yeah, but I mean, obviously, um, I, I'm a world champion, you know, and I'm uh, a heavier guy. Um, so stuff, I mean, definitely has altered. You know, when all like the whole we've seen the transition over the last couple of years has come in, and um, I never really rated any of them because I, I thought that it was it's a it's a, just a quick thing. You've got loads of followers. Everyone loves to see people have a fight. You put the two together, they started fighting. But um, hearing him, like I said, his ambitions like. Although obviously I know how hard it is to get to world level, I've got friends that he's weight who are very good. Um, so you know it is a tough, tough ask. But at the same time, you know that's a man that believes it, and um, you know more, 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 more luck to him. In regards to you, obviously we know a few days ago the WBO uh, ordered your next mandatory defence uh, purse bids to be called, etc. Can you give us an update on that, please? Uh, yeah, the purse bids are next week. Um, I can't remember the exact date. I think it's some, some day next week. Um, yeah, like I'm looking forward to it. Um, I've known about David Latt for a number of years. I was meant to box him back in 2020, um, but he said no, he's going to make himself mandatory. And uh, he's gone ahead and done it, beating some good guys in a way, a couple of undefeated fighters. So um, he's now 20 and 0 um, from Australia, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the challenge. You know, um, good boxer. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I like I like it. I like his style. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how, how we match up. Bit obviously in terms of you and your career, a little bit not saying awkward, but because mandatories will be enforced. I mean, it's a straight decision of. You have to fight the mandatories or give your belt up. So we know you want the bigger fights. You want to unify, etc., and become undisputed. Mm -hmm. If that's the plan for you, okay, I'm not going to jump the gun there. But I'm saying when you get these mandatories, are you up for them as much as you are any other fight? Yeah, probably more so because um, you can't slip in a, a rematch clause. So it's, uh, it's, it's all or nothing first time, uh, one shot at the one shot at it. So, yeah, no, definitely up for it. And it depends the mandatory. You know, my first mandatory was... Um, he was, you know, all respect to him for being a boxer, you know, but he wasn't as good as this guy is. This guy's actually like a legit contender, you know, fought his way hard to get there. So he's someone I can't take lightly, do you know what I mean? Um, so I have to I have to do what I'm meant to do, um, which is stay in shape, which I've done, but push on now because um, I'm expecting a big performance from him. So I'm going to have to put on a big performance for myself. Where do you expect that purse bid to be won? From who? Uh, where do I expect it to be won? I'm not sure, you know. Every day it changes who I think is going to... With all the stuff that's going on, um, it changes who I think is going to um, come in. Um, but either way, I'll be happy, you know. Whoever pays the most money gets it. Because at the end of the day, as a boxer, the most important thing is making sure that I'm putting my life on the line. I get paid the most for it. So I'll be interested to see. It'll be interested. OK. Uh, as expected, something I do want to speak to you about, obviously, is the situation... Uh, regarding yourself and Eddie Hearn and Matchroom. Uh, we've heard from Eddie Hearn on probably two or three di different occasions regarding the situation from his side, but we haven't spoke to you regarding uh, the situation from your side. So as it stands today, um, kind of the 11th or whatever of December, what is that relationship at the moment with Hearn and Matchroom in regards to your situation with them? 
Uh, I think it's it's all right, if I'm honest with you. Um, we have a purse bid, so whoever wins it, wins it. Obviously, there's been a lot of stuff that's gone on behind the scenes. But if you talk about Matchroom, over the years, I got to know all of the staff very well, you know, from the drivers to the, um, just every, everyone in the actual organisation. So yeah, I love Matchroom. Uh, me and Eddie, we had a good business relationship. It's sort of broken down, but you know, um, when we speak, it's not, I F you, I hate you. It's just, obviously he's a businessman. He has these ideas of what he wants to do with his business. I'm a boxer. I have an idea of what I want to do with my career. And um, that's it really. When I spoke to Eddie Hearn, and I want to just point out that there is kind of, uh, we'll get you to go over the timeline, but this has been running for a few months now. So it's not a case of, it's just a case of we haven't spoken to you while I'm kind of asking you questions from an interview I did with Eddie Hearn three weeks ago. But from that interview I did with Eddie Hearn, where he probably spoke the most he has done about your situation, which I'm sure you're aware of. One thing I did ask him was that if you, as in Lawrence O'Coley, was to walk into this office now to speak to Eddie and try and resolve this situation for the best for both parties, was that possible? Now, he said he was open to doing that. Now, I understand it's not as straightforward as you doing that, but can you just make some comment first of all on that? Uh, I just think, you know, uh, well, it's, it's just not true. Just point, point blank. I think, as you know, it's gone on for a number of months. And before anything became public, like, you know, I did a tweet, which is when it became public knowledge, but it had been going on for months. And it came from the fact that I couldn't speak to him. You know, there was barriers set up by him, legals, lawyers. And it's like, the whole time this stuff's happening, I'm being sent legal letters saying, you can't speak, you this, you that. And I have to go get literal legal help to explain to me whether or not I am, I'm not. And the whole time, I'm, you, you don't want to jeopardize your position, whatever. In terms of speaking to him, I tried, you know, we tried, but the demands that are coming from them are kind of irrational. So um, when I've tried to reach out to him and explain the situation from, it's not even a situation that like clear cut, my contract's finished, it's expired. I want to either, you guys pay me more or I move on. It's turned into this whole other thing of like, well, you have to pay me X amount of money. You have to do this, you have to do it. So it, 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 there was never the op opportunity to really actually go that way. I think, um, yeah, th th that's really it, really. Let's come on to the situation regarding this fight that Hearn and Metro have spoken about that they believe that is owed towards them and you believe it's not. So just correct me if I'm wrong in yeah. what I'm about to say. So one of these fights that you've had, and I think this was the fight that you had in lockdown, which was meant to be your fight against Glowacki, but that didn't materialise. That fight that you had instead of that was deemed as a separate fight to your deal. Can you just, am I accurate in what I'm saying from, from Matchroom's side? Is that is that what an issue is? I mean, I mean that's the basis of it all, and that's very, um, that's very, what's the word, very accurate in terms of, you know, their side. But um, the, the bottom line of that one is, if that's the case, which even if I gave it to them, contracts go for a period of time and a period of fights. That extra fight that's, that they call it was never explained to me or I never signed it, ever. It was never brought to my attention until when my contract came to an end. That's when, when we negotiated for a couple of months, so bear in mind my contract ended in May. We negotiated for two months after that when everyone accepted the contract was over and as soon as we couldn't get anywhere, and I said, okay, well, I'm gonna go and get other deals, this 
fights, they just sort of started trying to find loopholes and everything. Oh, well, actually, you had a fight in 2020, 18, 19, 20 months ago, and it didn't count. So we're going to, you have an extra fight. So until, so they're saying that point, saying that point, and until I go and actually get paid legal advice, that say, can you look at my contract? Because if, if I have one, okay, cool. My former management looked at it. They said, no more fight. Lawyers, no more fight. And now we get to this point here and it, it transpires that there is no more fight. But it's a narrative that's been spun. And I've, been, I've also been told you can't talk about it. So it's like the narrative is going, narrative is going, but it's just not true. So that, that's where we're at right now. Lawrence, when you talk about you didn't know about that situation, are you, are you saying you didn't know or your team didn't know? So what I'm saying is, um, the, the long and short of it is, I am a fighter, I am the owner of my business, I am the only person that's allowed to sign me into a fight. You do interviews, no one is allowed to make you, okay, extend, it's just not possible. So it's like, I have full control over my career, and if you want to extend my contract or do anything like that, you have to have a discussion with me. You can't speak to this person, speak to that person, and go around the house legally. And it, it, it's just as simple as that. So um, whoever, whoever corresponded with each other 18 months before, not my business at that time, which, which like I said, when you explain that to someone, I'd expect as a fighter, I explain that to my promoter, I explain that to the team, guys, you guys haven't said it to me, how can you bring it up now? And how can you expect me to not, to now know? Because when I was trying to negotiate with them, I was happy with everything. But to now see the offers that I've got and then say, no, you're not taking those offers. You're not going to make more money. You're going to carry on and have one more fight with us because of this. And then I have to literally go out and find out that it's just not possible to, to do that. But yeah, it's um, neither here nor there really. Lawrence, when, when you had this fight in lockdown, yeah. As far as you were concerned, and I'm only going to ask for you rather than, because I know you, there's many people kind of around you, and we'll talk about that in a second. But when you were having this fight, did you believe that this fight was part of, say, for example, it was a free fight deal yeah. at the time. Yeah. Did you believe that that fight was a part of that three fight deal if it was a three fight deal? Yeah, uh, like, oh, you're going into the ring and you're having a fight. That is a, it's, it's as simple as that. I've had a fight during this period. No one has told me anything different. That's what it is. And then the most important thing, because I feel like it's good for boxers to go and look at your contracts, go and get legal advice separate from everyone, for yourself. In contracts, there's obligations and then there's timeline. The timeline in UK law supersedes everything. So it's like, the, and the obligation on fights is on the promoter. So the promoter is not allowed to, to give you a four fight deal, three fight deal and make you fight once because then they're in breach. It's not for you, no one can force you to fight any, ever. That's just the way it is. So I, I, it's, it's, it sounds, I don't know if it sounds complicated because I've never really explained it to someone, but the bottom line is, however you look at it, contract comes to an end, contract comes to an end. I had X amount of fights, I had X amount of fights. Even if I accepted what they've, what they've said, which it, it, regardless, there is no fight left. That's with Matchroom's own admission, that's with their legals on admission. That is a cold fact that at any moment I could go on my phone, I could bring out correspondence between myself and Matchroom to that exact fact. It, it, it's, it's just, obviously, it, because of all this stuff, a lot of stuff gets lost. The bottom line is, I was happy with Matchroom. 
happy with Eddie, happy with everything, until we got to an end where it's like, you, you guys are you guys are doing stuff. Like, so for example, uh, when I, I did a, a post, which I deleted myself because I didn't like the connotations behind it. But when it, when I did that, what Eddie and everyone feels to explain is that we had been speaking for a number of months before that, where it got to the end result of Eddie Hearn saying to me on the phone, if you want to take this, and this is this is this this is the long and short of it. I've got a new deal, yeah. That I've come and I've presented. I said, Matchroom, you don't even need to match these numbers. You just need to get close, and I'll stay with you. Absolutely not. No chance. This is you. This is it. Blah blah blah. If you want to take that new deal, that fancy new deal, you're gonna to have to pay me five hundred thousand pounds or my company five hundred thousand pounds. When you hear that, then you also hear legal letters and you can't speak and we're going to sue you and this that and other it made like I, I generally felt alone I, I i can't explain how it felt because i haven't felt like that in a long long time so i was frustrated i felt i felt i, I didn't feel great frustrated threw up a post deleted it and then that's where it became a bit more public knowledge that there was a battle but it's something that i've been going on for months and it's something that i don't even want to over talk about because i know how it's ending I know how it's going to end. And I just want to be able to crack on with my actual career and carry on fighting. I've got a mandatory. God willing, I win that. I want to unify. I just want to crack on. Like, do you know what I mean? Anyway. Lawrence, um, again, referring back to that interview I did with Eddie Hearn, he questioned uh, some of the people around you that were advising you, which I'm sure you'll be aware of as well. Can you make comment on that, please? Um, I can make comment on it. And I just think that... <laughs> it's just nonsense, really. I mean, t the bottom line is, as soon as you say to, as soon as you, oh, sorry, I don't know if that's gonna, but yeah, sorry. Um, there's, there's not really much to it. I just think all of us are doing a job at the end of the day, yeah. And it's like, I'm doing a job, the same job that I was doing, but I'm doing it potentially for a lot more money in the future. So if you ask me if the people around me now uh, are good at what they're doing, I say yes. If you, if you say, if I look around my team now, I look and say. No one here is going to do anything shady to me. God, we don't know, but God willing. So I feel safe. I feel comfortable. I know win, lose or draw, these are the same people that are going to be with me. But then they're also talented at what they do. So ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, I would, I, I'm in a position now where anything I do is, I, I, I ride on it. Whether it goes well or it goes um, badly, I'm going to be able to sleep at night saying I did it the way I wanted to do it. Something else also I wanted to make comment on. Uh, this point seems a little bit trivial, but it was brought up again in that interview and it's been, there's been reference to this. The chocolate sky dweller that Eddie I'm, Hearn... I'm wearing that one today. Oh, you are wearing I'm it wearing today? I'm wearing today. Right. Come on. The chocolate sky dweller that Eddie Hearn promised you after if you were to win a world title, which you did, uh, which you've got, that has been made reference to in whatever way. So yeah. I, wanted you, I know you've seen these comments, so I just wanted you to kind of make comment on that as well. Uh, nothing much to it like thank you like I said I actually this is a present that I'm happy the guy said to me you win a world title you'll get you'll get me a, a sky dweller I won it you got it for me man of his word done what he said happy I cried I was ha like it's amazing do you know what I mean so thank you for that however it doesn't mean that I'm indefinitely I endow you for the rest of my life to box with you no matter how much you want to pay me no matter what goes on outside still Am I happy that he got me the... F Absolutely. When I see him, it's still love, from my end anyway. So, um, yeah, all love. Uh, it's not really much of a point. I laugh when I hear it, but it is what it is.
Do you believe that your loyalty is being questioned here? Yeah, and that's one thing that I have a real, real issue with, you know. I just think, you know, it's easy when you have the narrative for months with legal letters to keep spinning lies and stuff like that. But I just look and I say, like, as a boxer, when you want to talk about loyalty, like, Eddie and Matt Rubin, they're loyal to the bottom line, yeah? And that's the, the numbers. They don't do it for charity, yeah? Neither do I. I'm a boxer trying to get the most for my career. I fulfilled all my contractual obligations. And when it came to an end, I did everything by the contract, everything by law. And unfortunately, when you get someone who has never had someone at my level leave, you've never, um, you've given a sky dweller, you feel like you're old and entitled to me indefinitely. But that doesn't mean that I'm disloyal. It means our contracts come to an end, you either pay more or you move on. And Eddie Hearn, of all people, is someone who should really get that um, understanding because he's someone who's dad owned Matchroom, passed it down to him. He's with Sky Sports for a number of years, had amazing shows, built up AJ on it, built up a whole host of other fighters, and then a billion dollar check came, and then Eddie Hearn ran off and went on to the zone. So as a businessman, he understands the exact position I'm in and the exact position I'm going in. This is the same guy who I'm seeing re now going after Javonte Davis interviews when doing the song I like the song by the way the one about when tanks gone and all that and it's like you're trying to move a fighter from here to your thing so when you look at it like actually strip away all of the brilliant words and the suit and like Eddie just messed up like because he's good at what he does I can't I will hand it to him when I watch Eddie Hearn's interviews my mum called me one day Eddie Hearn did an interview spilling all of this stuff he's got one fight left my mum called me and she's like Lawrence what are you doing? You got one fight left with Eddie Cole. And I was, there, and that's the day it shook me up big time. I'm there like, he's that good. My own mum would call me and she, when it, she wasn't like, she was shouting, go, you got, so I had to literally explain to her. I had to go to court with my mum basically and show her this is, this is, this is, this is that. So he's good at what he does. But um, ultimately when you look at it and plain simple thing, Eddie Herman's with Sky Sports, moved over to the zone for more money. Well, however you want to look at it. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't really know, really, yeah, do you know what I mean? Right, just the final one on this, you, I'm going to ask you two questions. You can ask them in the, kind of in the same uh, breath, if you like. First of all, what needs to happen, uh, if you can tell us, or a little bit, for this situation with Eddie and Matt and yourself to be resolved? What needs to happen? Secondly, do you see yourself ever working with Matchroom and Eddie Hearn again? So you can kind of answer that in one. Yeah, I think that um, in terms of it being resolved, I think we're near enough there or thereabouts. I think that we've, we've all had our time, we've all done our vent in, Eddie's done his interviews, I've done whatever. And it's just like, with this situation, it's, it's now he either wants to pay the most for the purpose or not. I have no problem with Matchroom, I have no problem with Eddie. As much as we've, I've been frustrated, I understand as a businessman, why you would do the stuff he's doing. Do I understand that as an actual person? No, but as a business, yeah. So that kind of answers both questions. If Eddie pays the most for Perspid, I'm boxed for them. If someone else does, I'm not. If Eddie and Matchroom felt like they wanted me to have a fight um, in the future, I'm completely up for it. He's got some fighters that I need to fight before they retire or before my career is finished. So there's probably going to be a time where we do work together, whether it's the next fight or God willing, I keep winning, we'll get some more working in the future. So you'd be happy to, to be working if it made sense for you financially or for the benefit of your career? Yeah, more than. Like, I, like once again, I have, I have actually no 
ill will, no bad feelings. Like when me and Eddie speak, it's okay. It's just he has this opinion, I have this opinion, and either we both say, you know what, is it fucking worth it? You go on and do whatever you want. I go on and do whatever I want, or um, or not. And either way, I would still work with him. Will he still work with me? I don't know. Don't really care. Uh, I'm just happy with how life's gone. Okay. Well, I'm assuming this is the first time you've actually spoken the situation. I've, apart from your kind of some of your posts you've done yeah, on social media, I've not really heard you speak. So I'm assuming this is the first time you've spoken about this situation. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, every now and again, I've done a post. Or I say every now, I've done two posts in a lot about anything. But I think um, it's been difficult. You know, as I said, I've got legal letters through the ear saying you can't this, you can't that. So it's been tough. However. I've got to a point now, I just think, if, like, if I see you, why can't I talk? Do you know what I mean? I've seen Eddie do it every day, so why not? OK, uh, but just, yeah, coming away from that, obviously, your focus um, will be, obviously, to see what this purse bid uh, situation brings uh, next week, and then you can then focus, obviously, on light. Yeah. Agreed. I'm already focusing on him, you know. His pictures are already up in my wall, in the gyms, uh, but on the treadmill when I'm running and it gets tough. I look at him holding a WBO version, not my belt, but a version. And uh, it spurs me on because, you know, when you take your eye off the ball, whether it's personal reasons, whether it's this, whether it's that, that's the time you come unstuck. And I've seen it happen to fighters before, and I'm not planning on being one of them, so I'm 100% on it. Right, well, like I said, we'll uh, get another word with you once that situation has resolved itself. And obviously, we know that's your next fight because it is your mandatory. So, yeah, we'll catch up then. But, Lawrence, have you got anything else you'd like to say? Um, thank you for uh, the supporters that have been messaging me, uh, making sure that I'm doing all right. Um, I'm good. I'm ready to come back and um, all smoke ahead. Lawrence O'Coley, thank you very much for talking to IFL TV. And like I said, keep us updated on that personal situation and we'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.